This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Feels, shipping to your doorstep in only a few days. Feels CBD is the natural, healthy, better way to feel better. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash no meat, and you'll get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% today when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. And before we get to our episode, I wanted to give a quick reminder that my new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, which I co-wrote with a good longtime friend, Robert Cheek, uh, that is available for pre-order. It comes out on June 15th, 2021. And uh, anytime up until then, if you pre-order the book, you'll get a big, huge package of bonuses that Robert and I have put together. So in addition to all the great information we've packed into The Plant-Based Athlete, including meal plans and 60 recipes, plus a day in the life of 25 top plant-based athletes, you'll also get this incredible package of bonuses. Uh, but you got to do it before the book comes out on June 15th, and that's at book.nomeatathlete.com. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomi Athlete Radio. Matt, how are you adjusting back from the uh, the warm weather and beautiful sunshine of the West Coast? <laughs> you know, it actually was not uh, that way. Apparently, there's something called June gloom that happens in L.A., Okay. which... Uh, Lucky is me. that smog or is that uh, is that clouds? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think it is. It's like a marine layer or something that sits on top of of L.A. Basically, uh, okay. During June, apparently it's a typical thing. It was actually colder in <clears throat> L.A. than it was here in North Carolina, hmm. um, so not not a perfect vacation. However, when we went uh, when we went up to uh, Rich's place, which is, I don't I don't think we've said so on the podcast what we were doing there. Uh, Robert and I each flew out to LA to uh, to be guests on the Ritual podcast, which was an amazing experience. I was on it a long time ago as guest, like on episode fifty four or something, uh, and now it was now it's six hundred something. So it's <laughs> wow. changed so much, which, which we'll get into. But uh, when we drove up there, it was only forty five minutes away or something uh, from Venice, where I was staying. It it was like a bright, sunny, beautiful day, and then on the way back, you could actually see this this huge cloud just like sitting on top of, you know, lower than the, lower than most of the, some of the mountains were, but but (laughs) on top of the LA area. So, uh, yeah, that happens and it's, and it's cold and cloudy, but I got one kind of, kind of nice day that happened on right before I left. So, so, uh, I'm just going out on a, on a limb here and, and, and going to guess that Rich's setup is maybe a little bit more sophisticated than the domain athlete radio setup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there isn't a Nomadathlete radio setup. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of our laptop, and sometimes, I mean, usually we have a mic, but if someone's traveling, we don't always have a mic. <laughs> uh, and and the, whatever headphones we, you have or don't have, or Robert what had last time, the blue, uh, <laughs> yeah, blue over the ear. You know, he didn't have headphones. I mean, we asked him, we said, can you put some headphones in? And he said, I don't have any, which was... <laughs> Crazy. Got but, these toy ones, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yes, Rich is so Rich is now moved into a studio. It's no longer in his house. Uh, it's in like this cool, you know, dedicated studio setup, and uh, it really was awesome. It reminded me so much of when I went to see when I got to go uh, work in Seth Godin's office for a week, mm-hmm. where he had like all his books, and he he has this cool bookshelf of like you know hundreds of books from different people who he is friends with and does stuff with. Uh, but Rich had, had like dozens and dozens of copies of each of his books on the shelf, which looked really cool because it sort of, you know, it was like a solid color block in these different areas. Uh, and then like a cool lounge setup um, with all the, book, all the books from different guests on the table and like an awesome espresso matcha setup. Like we're, it, I don't know what, I don't know anything about espresso, but uh it was like it really looked like a nice machine. All these little like uh, ritual podcast logoed espresso cups, Whoa. Uh, matcha station with like a little whisk and all that stuff, uh, and a whole bunch of ritual coffee mugs, which I which I didn't steal, but kept waiting to be offered one. And finally, I said, "Rich, can I take one of these mugs, please?" <laughs> <laughs> because 
because I took a mug from the Seth Godin thing. I didn't take one. He, Seth Godin gave us the mugs, or maybe maybe they were just there for the day. And he at the end he said, or the whole time, and he said, "You can keep these." Um, and I've used the Seth Godin mug like almost every day since then when I make my you know pour over. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have another mug that I sometimes use, but mostly it's that one. And it always is like I don't know, like every single time I use it, I feel good. I'm like, I remember that fun thing. Yeah. Uh, so I figured it'd be the same with the ritual podcast because it, it really very much felt like that. Uh, that sort of magical, like going off to this, yeah. Cool place. So anyway. I feel I feel like you've probably you've made it in the podcasting world when you have your own branded espresso cups and coffee mugs. Yeah, I think so. We couldn't. Yeah, we were, if we had that, it would seem weird because they would just like be in our normal uh, <laughs> in a cupboard with the other mugs. <laughs> and the kids would put juice in them and whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we haven't we haven't quite made it like that yet. Well, we got some work to do. Something to aspire to, Matt. Yes, but anyway, it was awesome. The studio, and I didn't talk about his setup. Like the the studio, like there was you know a computer with with five different camera angles shown on the screen, and five people there doing different stuff and photography and a photo shoot. Like it, it's, it was very cool, very neat setup. Uh, but anyway, we did it. Robert and I were both fairly nervous about it, uh, just because it's such a big next level thing now. Uh, but Rich was like the, the entire time just so supportive of the book and both of us and the work we had done in this movement. Uh, so it really didn't, it wasn't a, a I don't know, nervous thing at all. Once once we got going, it was it was very relaxed and uh, it was just really cool. I don't know, I'm extremely grateful that Rich would have us on and, and talk that way about our book and our work and everything. So it was awesome and his team was great and uh, it was really cool. And then I also we had dinner with uh, with Brian Wendell from Forks Over Knives, and then the night after that, uh, Brendan Brazier, who uh, you know was like just crucial in the beginning of the Nomad Athlete. Like he was well, the first person mm-hmm. to be really supportive to do an interview with me and uh, a text interview back in the. I mean, we did it over the phone, but I typed it all up. <laughs> um, and he like let me put his you know share as many recipes as I wanted from his books. So like it was just a huge part of Nomad Athlete getting off the ground. Uh, so I met up with him, and we had dinner with him, and it was really just neat. And then Robert went and did some, uh, went on the Chef AJ show, and it was, you know, just a lot of people out there, and it was very cool. Did he Flew do live with Chef AJ? Uh, he, I think he recorded one, or maybe he did a live, yeah, he did a live one, and then he recorded one for for later. But uh, but did he do it, like, with her in person? Yes. He went Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Chef AJ is such a character. I, I, uh, I love it. No, that's great. She is. She's she's crazy and really cool and awesome. And she's her platform has grown tremendously. In the I think mm-hmm. she's done one of these uh, YouTube shows. She started during the pandemic near the beginning. Like a lot of people kind of started something, and I think she's done it every single day since then. I think she has not missed one, if I am remembering correctly, and has grown the the number of subscribers like a ton, like you know by a hundred thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. I was on there for the bundle. Oh. I yeah I remember that now I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that's that's really fun, Matt. I think uh, that's you know it's a cool experience, and you know Rich has been, uh, you know, I mean, I mean you started obviously way earlier, but you know what? One of my first memories of Nomad Athlete, uh, working with Nomad Athlete, working with you, is a Veg Fest in DC. Um, that rich was there that i guess that was when you were on his podcast the first time but mm-hmm. but meeting rich and hanging out with rich and this was really before he the podcast blew up and and he yeah. was uh the person he is now um or uh, i shouldn't say that but the the fame he has now um he and, always had that sort of cachet though right like oh even, definitely even back then when his podcast was not yet the big ritual podcast it was even from the beginning it was because you said i started before him but he actually on the podcast he said he'd been at this for 15 years so mm. i think he had been i think all his ultraman stuff and and his you know transition to plant-based diet um i think that was all actually before i started oh, okay. and so he'd done all these accomplishments which which meant once he kind of started being a public figure he he had a lot behind him uh, yeah so yeah so his, his stuff blew up for sure yeah but uh, you know it's just he's always been a supporter of Nomad Athlete. Totally. And, uh, and I don't know. It's great. I'm excited yeah, for it. He absolutely has. Excited to listen to it. You, you think it's going to come out sometime mid-June, right? I think it'll be around the book release. Yeah, the book comes out June 15th, and uh, I think I think he's going to try to time it to be to be near that. Hopefully. Sweet. Yeah. So anyway, it was cool. Um, and Rich, he had listened to our previous episode. He talked about, I don't know, asked, 
I forget what it was. He 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 referenced something that we said in the episode, and I was like, "Oh my god, Rich rolls listening to our episodes. Like we gotta stop." <laughs> oh man, yeah, so no kidding. <laughs> yeah. The one with uh, the one with Robert. Or? The one with Robert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think he just did to kind of research us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was cool. Very cool. It was, and I flew on a plane, which was which was the uh, first time I've done that since oh yeah since last January, I think. Uh, everyone wore masks the whole time. Otherwise, it was exactly like a normal flight. They didn't give any drinks or food. It was just like one time they came around with a little water bottle and pretzels in a bag. And that's all you get. It's the only interaction you have with the flight attendants the entire time, basically. Wow. That's so a long strange. flight for no drink or anything. Yeah, it kind of was. I, I was hoping that there would be some... I don't know. That I, Sometimes, whether you get an alcoholic drink or not, it sometimes helps to like just be yeah. something to think about. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, so it was fine though. It was easy, direct flight, no problem, except for a three-hour delay where I had to change planes coming home. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what flying is. Um. Anyway, what about you, Doug? You're you left us. Well, I wouldn't say it was a cliffhanger, but you but you did your social media challenge, and that has now been a month. And I don't I don't think I've seen you on social media. I've actually got myself back on personal Facebook and Twitter a little bit, and I have not seen any Doug Hay thumbs ups or anything. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah it's you're been... not back or are you not not like my stuff <laughs> well maybe a little bit of both no, uh, <laughs> no, it's been uh yeah it's been like six weeks at least mm-hmm. now probably um and man i gotta tell you i i'm not it's not hyperbole to say that it's been a bit life-changing to really yeah um so you know i did the 30 days completely off uh, i did have to i had to go into the compliment social media a couple times to to look at that a few times, but I intentionally did not even like made sure I didn't go to a home feed or anything like that so that I wasn't tempted to, to do any scrolling. And, um, and since, since the month is over, I have gotten back on Facebook a little bit, mostly for work stuff. Uh, I will admit that I have looked at a few things, but, um, mostly work stuff. And then, but I haven't put anything on the phone, which is the biggest thing. Uh huh. And that is big. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it really has, when I, when we did the first episode a couple weeks ago, uh, or um, six weeks ago, I and I was announcing that I was going to do it, I, I kind of brushed off the amount of time that it would free up, saying, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I just do it a little bit here and a little bit there, and so it's not like I'll have all this time to, you know, go run or something like that. Right. But uh, what I'm finding is that it really, I mean, it it kind of you just you don't you want to fill that time, and so you just end up doing things. So I'm I'm cooking more. I am. Um, I am running more. I uh-huh. am, you know, doing more play outside with the kids. And, uh, you know, it's those 10 or 15 minute increments are really like sandwiched, you know, when, when you might have been on, on social for just to kill time for 10 minutes. It's like really like it really I think it bleeds into much more time than that. So when you just take that and you're saying, OK, I've got 10 or 15 minutes. Why don't we go outside and play for a little bit? That 10 or 15 minutes becomes 30 minutes. Um, and all of a sudden you had like an awesome play session. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, <laughs> I have not missed it hardly at all. I've been very, tem- I've been tempted very little, um, to check in and, uh, I don't know. I gotta say it's been really refreshing, really nice. Hmm. Wow. So are you, I mean, what, like, what's your new, did you make a new policy or just say I can start doing more if I want, but I'm not not going to or yeah what? well I, I think i'm gonna keep it off the phone uh-huh um which you know which is which is really big keep it off the phone will automatically eliminate most of the time that i would spend on there uh and then you know i i'm still trying to figure out whether i want to say like i'm not gonna ever get back on instagram or something like that um you know i don't, I don't know if that's the case but right now this this feels really good like i'm not going to facebook or something on my computer very often mm-hmm. um and and I'm not looking at it on my phone, so it's pretty much means that I'm not looking at it all that much at all, um, and that just feels that feels really nice. Yeah, I think that's really smart to keep it off the phone. I think I think that's a really nice line that if you don't cross it, it you won't you won't you know get sucked back in. Because I I think so many things like I just from personal history when I've gotten into a good you know place with something, mm-hmm. it's just so easy to to creep back into because it's just you don't have any idea that, that this one little check here or this one here that those are you know pulling you back slowly and that's a little bit because it's always just this incremental 
increase in the time you spend on whatever it is you're talking about. Uh, but I think I think having that having that nice line that says as long as it's not on the phone, then you know it's just, it's just too inconvenient to really get addicted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing if you're. I don't know if you're looking something up and you want to look at Facebook to see what is happening on that person's page or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, but to, if you're, if you're just killing time, which is what I was spending most of the social media doing, uh, you know, if it's not on the phone, I, I very rarely kill time in front of my computer. Uh-huh. Uh, so right. it just, right. it's, it's just much nicer. But you know, one interesting thing is that I had no idea how much information i mean i guess i did know but like they went as soon as i got off you know when i spent maybe 10 days off all of a sudden i started getting text messages and emails and all these things from from facebook and instagram saying hey you know so and so just posted you know Mm. you probably like that Uh and you know i think they have my phone number for security reasons Mm -hmm. the only reason i could think that i would have given my phone number to facebook was like for like a double opt-in or a double (laughs) sign-in Right. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but they just start, they start texting me and emailing me. And so I had to like get off all these things. But they, they, I mean, they, they are tracking you down. They are trying to find you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're not get on, on the platform enough, then they're going to find you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I used to get a bunch of Facebook text messages like years after I wasn't using it. And then finally I went in and just disabled them. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's annoying. Cool. Well, that is good. Sounds like a success. Uh, definitely. No, uh, so no, no next steps. That's it. You're done. You did it. No year, year long challenge. Just yeah. Healthy. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I need, I don't know that I feel a need to like yeah. put a bunch of rules to that, but, yeah. um, you know, but I'm definitely being very intentional about not putting it on back on my phone. And, um, you know, I think that I probably won't get back on Twitter anytime ever, maybe, or anytime soon. And I, I won't get back on TikTok, which was like my most recent time <laughs> suck. Right. Um, though that one was fairly easy to, to give up, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, and I'm a chess master now, so that's good. Oh, yeah? <laughs> is, this, is that what you did? <laughs> I had to play, at the beginning especially. Yeah. I was playing a lot of chess. That's good. Mm-hmm. Much more productive use of time, I think. Definitely. <laughs> good. Well, congratulations. I like it. Uh, I think that's, I think in general we, we could use more people not doing social media or at least controlling it. I don't think anybody needs to quit it, but just, you know, I think almost everybody would probably admit that they spend more time on it than they wish they did, which to me is a sign of, of an issue. (laughs) Cool. Well, before we get into the real topic of today's episode, and now that we're 15 minutes in, um, why don't we, don't we talk about the book for a minute? Cause we're just a couple weeks out. Okay. Let's do that. The Plant-Based Athlete, my new book co-written with vegan bodybuilder Robert Cheek, comes out June 15th and is now available for pre-order. And Matt, I don't know if you know this, but I have spent the last couple weeks since you sent me a a copy of the draft, just Mm -hmm. scouring the book. There's so much awesome information in this thing, and I am so excited to be giving it to you know, buying a bunch of myself to give to, to friends and, and parents and all kinds of stuff, because this is a really comprehensive and robust guide for whether you're a new plane-based athlete or just barely interested in it or someone like me who's been doing it for a while. That is exactly what we are going for, Doug, so I'm glad to hear that. We wanted this to be uh, the comprehensive manual, the end-all, be-all guide to becoming a plant-based athlete or getting the most out of your plant-based diet if you already are an athlete. Uh, we packed it full of information, not just the protein, carbohydrates, fat, and all the micronutrients. Of course, that stuff is there, uh, but also lots more athlete-specific topics like how to use fruits and vegetables to supercharge your recovery. And Matt, don't forget about my favorite section, the Day in the Life section, where you highlight 25 champion and Olympian plant-based athletes and everyday people like you break down exactly what they eat in a day. I know that for myself, having that sort of roadmap takes all the information from the other sections of the book and allows you to really distill it down and figure out how you can use it in your everyday life. Yes, Doug. In addition to that, we've got meal plans plus 60 recipes that you can use uh, to work into your current diet or create your own diet based around. Uh, The Plant-Based Athlete has been endorsed by all kinds of big names in the vegan space, uh, not least of which is T. Colin Campbell, uh, but also the Esselstyns, Michael Greger, who also wrote The Forward, Dotsie Bausch, uh, Chloe Coscarelli, every vegan's favorite ultra runner, Scott Jurek, 
uh, Brenda Davis, both uh, Ocean and John Robbins. I mean, all kinds of who's who in the plant-based space uh, have endorsed the plant-based athlete. Uh, anyway, the whole book comes out in a few weeks, June 15th, 2021. You can pre-order it now, though, at book.nomadeathlete.com, and you should absolutely do that. Uh, it's so helpful to, to the so important for the success of a book like this that we get early pre-orders so that the bookstores know they want to stock this book, so that media knows they want to cover it. Uh, I know I don't always order books three, four weeks in advance, but if you can make an exception in this case, we would really, really appreciate it. So check it out, book.nomadeathlete.com, and you'll get all kinds of bonuses if you pre-order before June 15th. All right, Doug, so what we're talking about today uh, is something for me that is, that it's kind of, I guess, indicative or it's a symptomatic or something of me, of my uh, new, renewed interest, I guess, in health and fitness. So as as I think a lot of people knew or sensed, like I kind of got really uninterested in fitness for a while. Um, I don't think I was that unhealthy, although even when I thought I wasn't that unhealthy, it turned out I got some, some cholesterol numbers that I wasn't too thrown about. So I was getting less healthy for sure. Uh, but, but, you know, went, went years without really any kind of workout routine or a sport that I was really into. Uh, I got into Muay Thai for a while, which I really didn't enjoy, but then different things happened and then COVID came and it just got me out of it. Um, but anyway, I've, I've recently like started paying a whole lot of attention to sleep. I think in a more healthy way than I used to. And, uh, the kettlebell training, which I've talked about a bit, I think I talked about it on, yeah, we talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, we mentioned it. Um, yeah, that's still going really strong and great. I love it. And, uh, something with diet. Oh yeah. I just, I've been fooling around with fasting because the, the, uh, (laughs) my heart numbers had said, or when I looked them up, actually on my old Inside Tracker uh, report a long time ago, uh, I looked that up because I was trying to find historical cholesterol numbers and see what my trend was. And I was reading some of the advice there because that, that's what Inside Tracker does. They give you advice uh, about you know your numbers. Uh, that had said things like consider trying, uh, I think, like an alternate day fasting or something like that. And that was the first I'd ever heard that fasting might have a positive effect on heart disease numbers um, or heart numbers. So... I've been trying different things like that. I tried the 5-2 fasting, which was where you take two days per week and eat only about 800 calories, which I kind of liked because I could still eat dinner. Uh, and for me, that seems like the hard part of fasting is like the – I'm not I'm not hungry really during the days. Like that's not a big problem. I'm hungry, but not it's not not thinking about food, except I'm thinking about when this day is done, I'm going to get a nice warm dinner. Like that's just like – I don't know. For whatever reason, that's a big part of my routine and it turns out probably not for whatever reason. It's probably for a real reason, and that's related to what we're talking about. Um, but anyway, so I did that for a while. It was it was okay. I would find myself binging too much on the dinner, though. Like, I would look so forward to that dinner. I'd have almost nothing until then, and then I would just eat a whole lot and <laughs> would actually go over the 800 calories and didn't love how that was feeling. So then I tried 24-hour fast uh, about once a week for three or four weeks. I was just going from trying to eat dinner fairly early one day and then eat that dinner or eat dinner late the next day and have no food in between. So that was technically a 24 hour fast. I kind of liked how that felt. Um, and I was seeing, I was seeing changes just visible in body fat. Uh, cause I'd been putting on muscles with the kettlebell, but hadn't really seen the fat from the, the lockdown period. Hadn't seen that start to melt away yet. Um, but anyway, so I was starting to see that with the fasting, but the 24 hour fast was like a little bit much still for me. It just, it just was hard. Um, so then I found this book that the kettlebell guy, whose name is Pavel Tatsulin, um, he recommended this book, The Warrior, or, yeah, a book called The Warrior Diet by a guy named Ori Hoffmeckler. And uh, my first thought was like, that's gonna, it sounds like a paleo thing, which is what you said when I told you about it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I said. Yeah. yeah, I assumed it was going to be some paleo thing that I would have to modify or just not even do because it was I don't know. So I really just checked into it saying, like, I want to see what this guy says because I really do love what his kettlebell program has done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at it, and it's it's basically one of the first, like, popular intermittent fasting diets. I think it came out in the early 2000s uh, when intermittent fasting wasn't really a known thing yet. Um, and it, I put it sort of in the category, like, with the fruitarian diet, which I tried back in 2013 or something for a couple months where like it's, it's kind of a fun idea. It's fun to think about historically how people probably ate. And you know, these, the warrior diet is a different hypothesis from the fruitarian diet as how, how people probably ate. Uh, but 
it is there's something fun about seeing how we probably ate and reading that literally a story uh and even in the absence of a whole lot of data about how a diet like this works it can be useful to get yourself inspired or get yourself thinking about what you're eating um and that's what the warrior diet has been for me i've been doing it for a few weeks now but the idea is you eat you basically eat very little during the day some vegetable juices are actually encouraged or or okay a little bit of fruit here and there is okay uh, and then eventually later in the afternoon, some nuts or something like that is fine too. But you're mostly trying to eat raw foods and liquid foods for the first part of the day. And it, that would be sort of, in this guy's theory, the way that like warrior people from you know ancient Rome would typically eat. You sort of eat these foraged foods during the day, and then the hunted foods, the big celebration feast thing would be in the evening. And so it's like underfeeding during the day, or undereating during the during the most of the day and then overeating he calls it uh at night so it's like a one meal a day program i have some doubts one meal a day is something i've heard dr khan talk about a little bit and and talk about not being necessarily a good idea for heart health so that's that's obviously a big concern of mine uh but again it's not it's not like this is some thing that i'm imagining myself doing forever it's just a fun you know maybe maybe lose fat build muscle diet uh more than that, it's just something that has me thinking about food and like excited about making healthy choices, and that's what it's been doing for me. So anyway, we can go into more details if you want, um, but the, I guess like the interesting sort of theme from this for me is like that for, I don't know, over the course of 10 years now, I've been vegan for 10 years, I realized the other day, um, I'd really kind of like refine my diet or sort of streamline it, and it had become this simple thing that I've talked about for probably the past five years, which is that, that smoothie in the morning the big giant salad with beans and nut-based dressing in the in the lunchtime hour, and then some sort of grain green bean for dinner. And that's more or less what I eat. I go through periods where I, you know, eat unhealthy versions of it because I'm really into cooking and not that into fitness or something. Uh, and I go through periods where I do it really well and consistently and, and healthy. But so, like, this is the first big uh, jump away from that, like, to actually try a, a diet. I guess the fasting stuff was was the beginning of that. Um, but yeah, it feels cool. I mean, I haven't, haven't done any sort of like diet thing like this in, in five or six years. So it's kind of fun for me. And, and like I said earlier, indicative of, uh, just kind of being back into health and fitness, which feels good. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I think that that, you know, paying attention to your diet, at least for me, paying attention to my diet is directly related to how I'm, you know, if I'm exercising and, and doing, you know, paying attention to my health in other ways too. Like they all, like once you just get started on one path, it seems to, the other paths kind of get rolled into it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, totally. So that's fun. So I do have, I do have several questions about the warrior diet. Um, okay. Cause this is the first time learning about any of it. Yeah. It's, it's not really something that I'm surprised. It feels like something that would be a very mainstream uh, thing. I don't know why it just has that look about it. Um, or sound about it. It just sounds like it would be this thing that is a big popular diet. But uh, but most people I talk to have not heard of it. I even asked <laughs> Patrol if he'd heard of it. He said no. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, I think we should pause for a second to thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door, and CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Plus, there's no hangover or addiction. I uh, have said many times on the podcast now that I use CBD regularly before bed, um, which uh, is mostly for the anxiety and helping me sleep. But also now that I am back into a fairly regular running routine, it's helping me kind of with the, some of those aches and pains, which uh, which I quite like. Place a few drops of feels underneath your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding the right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find our, you know, you find your perfect dose, which I think is is super cool that they have that available for people who are maybe a little nervous about CBD. The Feels customer service team is dedicated in making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership program makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling your best with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash no meat 
and get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash no meat to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels is the real deal. Their stuff is high quality. Feels.com slash no meat. Every day, there's a new wellness trend. Eat that. Do this. Avoid those. Warrior diet. One meal a day. <laughs> faster in the morning. How do you know where to start or who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science-backed, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. Their blood test includes biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. And My cholesterol. Favorite... I guess you get that on all of them, but I think that's pretty traditional. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but that's the one you that. went, you went, referred back to. <laughs> that's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, topical. My favorite part: <laughs> they don't just give you data; they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips. Now, this is what I actually did say earlier to take action, like telling you to try alternate day fasting if you have bad cholesterol numbers. Yeah, there you go. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering offering NMA Radio listeners twenty five percent off their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Doug, right. inside job. Uh, inside job sounds like some sort of movie title that I wouldn't <laughs> have seen. Um, <laughs> it probably is. And I have recently embarked on a little project, a solo project that I wrote down. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any of the popular movies. If there's a movie that sounds like you should have seen it, I probably didn't see it. In, uh, except from the like early two thousands. Oh yeah, if it's if it's Office Space, I've seen it five hundred times. <laughs> But, and that's, and that's what I realized. Like, I've seen five movies 500 times and, and almost no other movies. Ace Ventura, well, Dumb that's and Dumber. Hold on, hold on. That, that, that can't be true. All right, you okay. got your five movies, maybe, in which I, I'm excited for you to list here in a second. But then, then there's like 50 Christmas movies. You've seen all of them. Yeah, those. that's true. I have, I have a wide range of Christmas movie knowledge. Uh, all right, so what, what are your five movies? Yeah, put put those in one category. Christmas movies, I've seen a whole bunch, lots of them. Okay. Even there, it's really only a handful that I've watched over and over, but I guess that's everybody. Um, so the movies that I've seen, I'd say more than 50 times each, are <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, <laughs> one. Dumb and Dumber, one also. Dumb number two is terrible. It's like, it's, I mean, it's just very bad. Uh, Wayne's World, did I say that one yet? Nope. Office Space. Tin Cup, Rounders, <laughs> and that's probably Back to it. the Future. I feel like you're back. Oh yeah, to Back to the Future is, and the whole trilogy. I'm, I've started. To, that's getting up there. Mm-hmm. So that's it, and literally that true, is true. True cinema classics, right there. I mean, they are classics, but they are classics. Yeah, but that's kind of it. So I have this whole list of movies that I have not seen that I, you hear people ref- they reference in culture all the time, and I don't know anything about them. Uh, I mean, let, let me pull up my list real quick. I'll, list, I'll mention a few while I'm pulling it up. Uh, Ghostbusters is one of them. Uh, uh-huh. Any of those like mafia movies or Italian things like uh, Godfather. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas. I mean, is that the same movie? I don't even know. No, the Goodfellas is a different one. Okay. They just both have G and F in them. Which one has the gun as the logo? I think or that's the, uh, the font. That's Godfather. Okay. Uh, Fletch, Caddyshack, A Few Good Men, Schindler's List, Million Dollar Baby, Rocky, Die Hard, Remember the Titans, We Are Marshall, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, American Beauty, Terminator, Three Amigos, Monty Python, The Goonies, Vanilla Sky, Eyes Wide Shut, Devil Wears Prada, Blood Diamond. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Uh, You haven't seen any of those movies? No, none. (laughs) What? How is that even possible? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I've realized this is a problem. Pretty Woman, Point Break, Lethal Weapon. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, Inception, oh Interstellar. Right. That's the problem. So, so I've set out to, I've, What are you going to do about it? I was going to start a podcast about it where I'd watch them and then talk <laughs> about them. <laughs> <laughs> and I still might do that. Uh-huh. But anyway, I watched two of them on the plane this weekend. Uh, okay. I watched Good Morning Vietnam and The Devil Wears Prada. One on each each leg of the journey. They had Good Morning Vietnam on <laughs> And then I watched Mrs. Doubtfire in the hotel room when I got there. So I watched these two uh, different different parts of Robin Williams' career. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Well, what did you think? 
I, they were both fine. They were entertaining. Neither one of them was a difficult watch like I thought they were going to be. Which mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. I think all these movies are going to be really boring or something, and I'm going to have to sit through it. Cause now, and as they get older, that, that becomes more and more a concern. Uh, or maybe as I get older. But <laughs> Devil Wears Prada, I thought, was going to be some serious drama thing. No. And it's, it was sort of a light fashion New York City yeah, it's know, like a executive. chick flick kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that one had been referenced in The Office, and that was why I felt like I had to watch it. Okay. That's hilarious. Anyway. So, hold on. Before we move on from this, because we do need to move on from this, but I don't know. Maybe this is the first episode of your new podcast. Just cut out the first 30 minutes of this. Um, uh, where did you get the list? I just made it. I just started oh, thinking. Oh, you just... Okay. Yeah, it, it was when... when because my daughter and I think I've said this when uh, my wife and daughter they're living in Asheville right now, uh, while my son and I are in Charlotte for soccer. And we thank God we only have two weeks left of this this you know two body problem where they live there and we live here. Uh, but I thought, well, I'll, what am I going to do? I'll just start watching movies and I'll start seeing because it just had gotten to be a thing in my head where I was like, there's a lot of movies I have not seen. Uh, so I thought I would do that, but I haven't done it at all. I have actually so much less time than I ever thought I would. Uh, <laughs> So that didn't work. But, you know, that was my idea. And I thought I might do it. And then I thought that would be kind of a goofy, fun podcast to do for a little while. But anyway. So I, that's uh, that. There's, I, don't, I can't remember the name of it. But a podcast that I listen to has a spinoff podcast where one of the guys just really hates horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and too. So, so he watches those and then they talk about those. Ah, okay. Yeah, horror movies are really bad idea i don't know why anyone that showed me horror movies when i was a kid because i had so many nightmares from those yeah and i and i with my kids they've never seen a horror movie and they won't for a long time it's just not worth it no <laughs> like what what good comes of that i guess once you're old enough maybe to enjoy a good scare and be able to say that's not real i don't know you know all right we're getting so far <laughs> off topic here but <laughs> <laughs> why not whatever um <laughs> you know we're, i'm re-watching a lot of like disney classics with with eliza and a lot of them are pretty scary yeah like they have a lot of things strange about disney movies yeah but I yeah don't know. like mothers I, I, dying and parents dying always happens in old always disney they're sad and and sometimes they're you know these really tragic things for the main character and yeah. you know yeah. I, it's like like I, I don't know i just i don't remember that really as a kid but you know she'll be watching something you know a really classic movie that I, and be like daddy i don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> this isn't fun i mean a lot of them are classic stories like really classic stories fairy tales obviously and some mm-hmm. i think are based on it like isn't lion king hamlet with lions or something like that oh, I, 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 I never knew that well I, I don't know where i heard that but I, I don't know what Hamlet's about, honestly, so I wouldn't know. But <laughs> <laughs> add it to my movie list, I guess. Uh, if there's a movie, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, I think, yeah, I think, I think the you know truly classic stories they have those those gut wrenching, horrible elements in them. Right? It makes you feel things. So when mm-hmm. Disney then remakes them into a, a kid thing, I guess they had, I guess they can't lose all that. Yeah, no, I guess not. Which, which yeah. maybe is a good thing, you know. I don't know, but anyway, are we still thanking our sponsor? This the end of the Inside Tracker ad. Was this the banter part of it? They said <laughs> this inside is the part part of the ad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe. <laughs> okay, so uh, we should right, get back so, to the diet. Yeah, Warrior Diet. Um, all right, but you, so you mentioned that you know what you kind of eat throughout the day, but then you didn't talk at all about uh, your your big meal at night. Is there any yeah, any and that's rules around that. Well, that's the that's the challenge for me. Um, Basically, there are a few little rules, and there are, there are many more rules even than what I said in the daytime stuff. Uh, but he wants you to start with leafy greens because that's when you're kind of most craving food. So those things will will be appealing at that point. Whereas later in your meal, as we all, as we've said before with the salad thing, mm-hmm. uh, that once you have all the hot food coming out, no, you don't really want the salad anymore. So he does say to start with leafy greens, and I've been doing that. Uh, he talks a lot about carbohydrates, like he likes complex carbohydrates, but thinks there are some reasons why they're not that good and he wants you to eat those at the end of the meal if you're going to do that um and and sometimes not have that so like you could have you could have some beans and and uh vegetables which is not not a bad plant-based dish but basically take the grain and put the grain part of the grain a green and bean put that at the end of the meal um i actually don't think that much about that the bigger challenge for me so like this word diet 
is well, I said is like it's not that hard to. Do. It's not a paleo diet by any means. Um, it kind of is built on you getting a ton of calories in that last meal of the day, mm-hmm. and without the animal products in there, it's just not that easy to get a ton of calories. So I'm kind of. That's where I'm. I notice I'm like I'm getting smaller from doing this. I'm losing fat, which is great, but I'm also losing probably some muscle mass uh, because I think I'm not eating enough in the nighttime meal to to replace what I'm what I'm not getting in the day, um, and that's okay. I'm, it's fine with me. I'm like maybe I'll switch to having two large meals. And the timing with soccer practices and stuff is also very hard because I end up getting home at nine or eating at four, and it's like neither one of those times is is really well suited for a giant meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and like also the later you do this large meal, the more it's going to impact your sleep. Um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, he talks a little bit about protein and carbs and fat and stuff, but it's mostly just typical diet advice. Avoid the refined carbohydrates. Um, there's some little things about food combination, but honestly, I'm not, not concerned about that. It's more the, the structure of, of not eating during the day, under eating during the day and overeating in the one meal, uh, your one big meal. Uh, Do you have a sense as to how many calories you're getting throughout the day? No, I really don't. I have not even looked at it because uh, I don't like I've I got a juicer because of this because I just thought I it'd be say, fun. You've never really been a juice guy. No, right? I, I'm not not at all. But because I always never liked vegetable juices, and I think fruit juice is really not very good for you. It's basically sugar. Uh, if you're gonna eat sugar, eat it with with the fiber that belongs in the fruit. Vegetables, I think I feel a little bit differently about because I don't think that, I mean, vegetable juice isn't so much sugar. Some of it is kind of sweet, like carrot juice. Um, But that's that's kind of like nutrients for free. It's not as healthy as if you also ate the fiber, but in a diet where you're trying to mostly fast, uh, I think it's it's good. So anyway, um, I am doing that. So I have like celery juice and then I have some carrot and ginger, lemon juice, uh, and then I'll have some nuts and things. So... uh, Shoot, what was what was the question about that? Juicing. Uh, how day. many calories? Oh yeah, getting. right. So I don't know how many calories in a glass of vegetable juice. I could easily look it up. It's just I, that's why I don't have really any sense because I haven't thought about that. But I should, if I'm going to try to keep this going, uh, I will need to look that up because I, I do want to make sure. And it, and it actually would help me if I had a target to hit with the nighttime meal. I could probably do a little better job of eating more. Um, or maybe like I don't know. I've thought about this with a plant based diet. Uh, I've talked about uh, several times, including on Mitchell this this past weekend. Um, that when you like when you eat a plant-based diet it's it's easy to, if you're switching to a plant-based diet from an omnivorous diet it's really easy to suddenly be eating way fewer calories and not realize it mm-hmm. which is why it's it's can be good for weight loss um but sometimes it's not good for athletes because athletes you know just just switch to it and they get as full but then they're not getting as many calories so the solution for that isn't try to eat a whole lot more in one we- meal for me it's always try to eat more frequently because you'll digest these these non-calorically dense foods pretty quickly, and you can be hungry two or three hours later. So, like, if you're trying to keep your calories up, the easiest way to do it is to just eat more frequently rather than try to eat giant plant-based meals because it's really hard to eat a giant plant-based meal as far as calories go. So I'm wondering if I should, like, shift it where, and now I kind of eat sort of a large meal around four or five and then another one more like, you know, seven or eight. Uh, I don't know how that will work, honestly. And once my family is reunited... It's not going to be so easy because we'll have a family dinner time. Uh, but that's kind of the challenge. But I don't know. I'm just – I'm enjoying it. It's It actually is really nice to – I like feeling during the day like I'm doing a challenge, I guess. Like it just feels like I'm doing something healthy. Every time it gets to 4 o'clock in the day and like I do my workout and then I'm kind of ready to, to start eating, it feels good. I feel like I've accomplished something. It's like a – I don't know. I feel like I did a good job eating and I probably burned some fat and – then it feels like good to celebrate with a good meal. And and that I think is the, the most attractive part of this diet is that it fits the way that I tend to naturally eat. Like I'm just someone, I've always been someone who if I get busy with work or whatever I'm into, I'll kind of forget to eat and I won't have my first meal till noon anyway. Uh, and I've always kind of blamed, you know, when I've, when I've been small in the past, like I've always blamed that on well, I just, you know, I'm not someone who remembers to eat that much. It's just never that high of a priority for me. So this diet actually, if this works, it fits that that lifestyle really well. It's definitely less calories than I'm used to in the day, but it's, it's not very hard for me to get through the day with just a few snacks here and there. Mm-hmm. So I like it. And then it's really like, and this is what I was saying with the um, with that 5-2 diet, the 800 calories, you get to keep your dinner in place. 
I really like that I still can eat whatever I want for dinner. Not whatever I want, but any amount I want for dinner. Um, you know, can still have a glass of wine and it's fine. Uh, I don't know. It, it, so, like, I think it's much more than, like, thinking that this is going to be a, a health-improving thing. For me, it just feels like it's fun to have a diet that kind of matches my my natural way of eating anyway, encourages me to do intermittent fasting, which I think is good for my heart numbers, and at least according to the kettlebell guy, has been good for his his strength and uh, you know body fat and all that. So like, just it's a it's a fun experiment and probably nothing more, but I'm enjoying it. What do you think? What do you think you can gain? You know, so you've you've done this, you've done fruitarian. Um, you know, I feel like you've played around with a couple different styles of of eating a plant based diet. Mm-hmm. What do you think you can gain from these types of little experience, experiments? Um, I think I think you gain quite a lot. Actually, we've done episodes in the past about why we love diet experiments. I think was an early one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I should go back and listen to that. <laughs> yeah, go back to it if, if you can. <laughs> yeah, God, back with those blue snowball mics or whatever those. Oh yeah, horrible yeah, yeah. things were. <laughs> um, like you know how when you if you run with a heart rate heart rate monitor for a while, it teaches you you get used to those different zones. I don't know. Have you, have you done much heart monitor training? Back in the early days, yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I did it too. But I felt like after I did it, I didn't have to use a heart rate monitor anymore because I did it so intensely for three months or whatever that like I, I now I knew what it felt like to switch from 70 to 80% heart rate uh, zone. Like I, I, you could see the psychological or physiological cues and you can just tell. Uh, so you learn about your body because you're paying attention to one aspect of it. And I think it's exactly the same thing here. I think, uh, I mean, with something like this, you you actually can learn to recognize hunger and and also say, okay, it's fine that I feel hungry right now because I'm not supposed to be eating. And actually, being underfed during this part is is the idea here. Um, but you know, like I said a few minutes ago, I'll look up the calories of of a glass of carrot juice compared to celery juice, and how much sugar is in a glass of carrot juice. Like I'll you know learn those things because it's now I have a reason to. Uh, and usually when I learn these things, I don't forget them. They kind of go into the context of food in my mind and I'll, I'll remember that. And I don't know, it just becomes another little tool that you can use. And maybe if I go back to my other diet, like, which I almost undoubtedly will go back to the one I mentioned earlier, where I just sort of eat in that, that way that works so well for me typically. Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the celery juice will stay something I'll have at 10 AM and still not try to eat till noon many days. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think really that's that's largely what it is. And like I guess at what cost? It's really just the cost of the effort of doing it, but like we said like that's it's not an effort if it's if it's making you feel motivated about food again, uh then it's it's not that at all. It's a good thing. Um I guess you know there's a potential like that someone could someone who maybe is more prone to eating disorders or maybe maybe someone who's less knowledgeable about food, although I don't know if that's a big issue here um you know you could you could kind of screw up your health if you went too long with something uh i don't know i mean i feel like i know of people who try a diet and then get obsessed with it and then lose all this weight and they get way too thin i mean that happens mm-hmm. all the time but i don't think that's likely to happen to me or most people so um yeah i don't know i just but i mean the real reason is that it's is that it is fun and that it is something different and when I had like I had eaten that one way, as I said, for kind of five or six years, and had gotten quite complacent with it, to the point where I was saying, "Well, I'm vegan. I can just eat this. It's fine." But then that was happening day after day. I'd be making some kind of pasta dish or having a whole lot of uh, carbohydrates. Not not always like highly refined carbs, but still, lunch and dinner pasta dishes. That that's a whole lot of of wheat flour. Um, so I think I think just like it, it's a nice thing to kind of bring you back to thinking about food. And now if I go back to that kind of diet. I will think differently about having that pasta twice a day because it, it would be something you would never do on this diet. Right, right. Yeah, I th- I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that that's kind of the case with any challenge. Like, you know, you could say the same thing with the social media challenge mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, back to dieting. I did a 30-day intermittent fasting challenge and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and things stick with you. Even, even if you leave it and you stop doing what the challenge was, uh-huh. Uh, things will still stick with you. And, and so for me, like I know that I'm, I naturally have a longer fasting period. 
um, even though it's not timed like it was uh, during the challenge, you know, a longer fasting period at night, I, I kind of eat breakfast a little later, I don't snack it you know, yeah. after a certain time. Yeah. And that kind of stuff just sticks with you. And then for the most part, I think that that's usually a healthier thing that would be a lasting change that took a challenge, to, or, or I know that this isn't a challenge, but took some sort of big shift that had more structure and more rules to to uh to, to jump start yeah exactly and, and even like the the challenge of going vegan because i did a 30-day go vegan challenge a long long time ago more than 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh and it it didn't stick but it what it did was like made me understand what it feels like to eat plant-based and kind of understand that yes you could do that it was it would be hard but i could do that and that's what made me over the next six months like have more dinners where i just said oh, i don't need to the cheese or whatever, whatever remaining animal products I had that prevented me from being vegan. Um, you know, so even though, even though like with your social media, I didn't stick to that forever. It just, it just got you used to it. So mm-hmm. even though the plan wasn't for me to become vegan after that, it ended up that after six months I did. And here it is stuck for 10 years. Yeah. Cool. We were trying well, to figure out how long it was ago that I moved to the Asheville area and mm-hmm. uh, before the episode, cause that was when I, went vegan with the exception of a few weeks in Italy soon after that. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I just remembered that, um, recently I realized it was seven years ago since my first hundred miler and that was right after I moved here. So, uh, Ah. it's been seven years for me, 10 years for you. Very cool. I know. It's a lot of years. It's a lot of animals we didn't eat. It's true. It is. Cool. Good. Um, anything else, Doug? No, I think I don't think so. It's great to great to talk and hear about the ritual experience and mm-hmm. and the movie project and the movie project. <laughs> is that what the podcast is going to be? That's that's Warrior Diet and new movie project. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, I hope to hope everyone's doing well. <laughs> Awkward yes. way to end it. And, hey, uh, I have less awkward way to end it. Uh, okay, let's hear it. I didn't promote the book other than what we talked about earlier, but uh, I I'm promoting the book. Every single thing I do for the next month, I will be mentioning the book. So <laughs> because it's it's super important to me, and it's it is a I don't know if I can call it the culmination of of ten years of work or twelve years of career in this plant based space, uh, but I feel like it's the the best thing I've done so far. I feel like it's. Uh, I don't know. It just ritual, as I said, was was very uh, had had a lot of praise for it, which uh, I guess I guess helped me. And, and also, like I had, I read the book again very carefully on the way out because I really wanted to um, prepare well for that interview. And and in doing so, I really was like struck with feeling. I was like, this is a this is a really good book that is going to help a whole lot of people. Uh, I think more than any of the other books I've written, like I said. Um, so I, I really hope that people will, will check it out. And, and as we've said many times, the pre-orders are like are so crucial for getting a book uh, off the ground and getting the, the bookstores to order it or reorder it. Uh, they, they need to see those orders piling up. So so please, if you think you're going to eventually get it, um, I would really, really like if you'd pre-order it. It would be a, a massive favor to me. Um, so please consider that. It's at book.nomadeathlete.com. The book's called The Plant-Based Athlete. If you just want to Google and go right to the, the any of your favorite bookstores, um, or drive out to your favorite bookstores. Uh, but anyway, I'd really appreciate it if you would consider pre-ordering. Um, and there's lots of good bonuses that you will get for doing that. We'll have lots more actually coming out in the next few weeks. Some of which are really good, Doug, as you, you know, cause you know what's coming. Yeah. Um, and, and if you pre-order now, you will, you will be eligible. You'll get all these bonuses. They will, they will show up in your little, uh, account that we give you. So please, um, check it out. Book.nomadeathlete.com. And it's called the plant-based athlete. Great way to in the in the episode, man. Yes. Now we'll end it with I hope you all have a good day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See you. All right. Bye.